Welcome, it's indisputable, good to be with you. We have a lot of show for you today. Breaking down news of the day with me will be Caroline Johnson, TYT contributor, LA organizer. Top story for today, Steve Bannon. Yep, Stephen Bannon, who has had a warrant out for his arrest for a while now, turns himself into the FBI, the FBI in Washington, DC. Steve Bannon, former advisor to former President Donald Trump, turned himself into the FBI Monday morning after being indicted on criminal contempt charges for refusing to cooperate with the White House committee investigating the terrorist attack on January 6th. Bannon arrived at the FBI Washington field office in a black SUV shortly before 9.40 AM. He was met by a swarm of media and was defiant when addressing TV cameras outside the building saying, and I quote, we're taking down the Biden regime. Okay, moments before turning himself in on Monday, Bannon decided to go live on social media and told all of his supporters to stay focused. Now, what are they focused on? I have a real question about his comments, stay focused, okay? To me, given what he's under investigation for and the subpoena was issued for, well, stay focused may mean there's going to be another terrorist attack. I mean, you can't count that out, okay? This is Steve Bannon we're talking about. In October, well, let me first say, he said, and I quote, I don't want anybody to take the eye off the ball from what we do every day, okay? Bannon said to a camera for his online show, War Room, which is a silly show. I want you guys to stay focused on the message. He added before walking into the FBI office, thank you very much, okay? In October, the House January 6th committee subpoenaed documents and testimony from Bannon. But his attorney, Robert Costello, said he would not be cooperating with the investigation because he had been directed not to by Trump. What? Because he had been directed not to by Trump. Trump is not the president. There's no executive privilege attached here. Costello also pointed to Trump's claims that the documents sought were protected under executive privilege and told the committee that the executive privileges belong to President Trump. And his invocation of executive privilege must be honored. The White House Counsel's Office told Costello it won't support Bannon's refusals to testify. Bannon's White House has declined to assert executive privilege regarding documents and witnesses related to the riots at the US Capitol. Let me give everyone a refresher. What is executive privilege? Well, here it is, executive privilege is the right of the president, not former president, not a guy who still thinks he's president, not a person who is called president by QAnon, but by the actual president of the United States and other members of the executive branch to maintain confidential communications under certain circumstances within the executive branch and to resist some subpoenas and other oversight by the legislative and judicial branches of the government in pursuit of particular information or personnel relating to those confidential communications. So they're going to test this theory about what an ex-president can do. The constitution, by the way, does not give this power directly 
to even the current president of the United States. It is given by way of an interpretation of the US Supreme Court many years ago. Steve Bannon has been released, there will be no jail time. He did have to surrender his passport. As I said, nothing major will happen today. All right, Caroline, what are your thoughts here? Yeah, I, I agree with you know your line of, of this story in that this is definitely a, a good thing. And a lot of Democrats are celebrating that uh, Bannon is finally um, acknowledging and, and surrendering certain things. But as you're kind of mentioning, this is ultimately something that is going to be so complicated to walk through and he's not going to play by the rules. There right. is a right wing strategy here and it's not to present the best you know, evidence and, and um, information in this trial. They are going to discredit the legal system, discredit the constitutional system and that is their end game here. So it's sort of a complicated scenario because while it is good that he is now under the microscope and he is cooperating to an extent, he's not gonna play by the rules. And this is not going to be any sort of trial that any of us are used to. And like you said, um, recently him sort of giving this cryptic messaging of, you know, listen to the message, listen to the message is very reminiscent of what he said on his podcast days mm -hmm. or weeks before the Capitol insurrection. And so this is really, this is really only the beginning and we are in for, you know, I don't, I don't know if our Constitution is really prepared for this type of attack against it. Yeah, the Constitution was not written for people like Donald Trump and Steve mm -hmm. Bannon. They did not imagine that this would happen. They imagined some right. pretty bad dudes would end up getting into office or at least seeking office. That's why you have all of these remedies within the check and balance system. But think about what they're doing here, Caroline. They're literally not arguing about expanding the powers of a president. They are literally arguing to expand the powers of a former president. That is the mm -hmm. argument here. We got more, this is an update. Okay, this is an update and an important update. Remember this, here's the video. You can rot in hell, you made them leave, you dark ass, you dark ass chocolate bar, get the out of here. No, I'm trying to get anybody, can nobody like, no one likes it. Right this time, do it right. Please. Cut, cut deep enough. <laughs> cut deep enough off. this time, Please. or tie the rope higher. Like what the, <laughs> bro? <laughs> what the? So kill yourself. The victim of this racist video. Her name is Naya Saigon. Naya, let's put up a picture of this beautiful young black teenager. There she is. She decided to speak out. Now remember, this is an update. This happened in Minneapolis. This is about racist bullying. And I remember when so many people got together to launch anti-bullying campaigns. You had the most elite Hollywood stars part of this anti-bullying campaign. You know what they left out? Go back, look at the record. You know what they left out of their anti-bullying campaigns? 
They left out the reality of racism inside of the school system as a bullying aspect against black and brown children. They left that part out. Now some people gave a little bit of content to it, but not much. Definitely was not part of their top three agenda there, okay? Um, The student at Prior Lake High School that you just saw was accompanied by another student off camera that you did not see to racially taunt this young black female. Now remember, the reason why they are doing the video is one because obviously their parents are racist as hell and they are becoming they are mimicking that behavior. But because their other white friends who were racist or exhibited racist behavior, they had to leave the institution. So now this ban of alleged racist individuals are coming against this one 14 year old. Here's what the 14 year old had to say at a protest that was held in her honor to support her. It's disgusting, it needs to stop now. Now. And I am so thankful for every single one of you for showing up. Yes, Yeah, she's strong, we're showing up too. You have a community all across this nation and other nations supporting young Naya. Let me read some of what she said. When I first saw the video, I hadn't really processed everything that was going on. I was hearing the words, but yesterday I was in my counselor's office and I was really talking about it to them. And that's when it really hit me and how personal it was to me. That was just really hard because I just had this wave of emotions. And then she talked about the community. She said, it's just the most like immense feeling of the love from everybody that showed their support for me and my family. It's just just honestly like an unexplainable feeling. I couldn't even express how thankful I am for everybody. Now I want to remind you, we have done multiple stories right here on Indisputable of young black children committing suicide because of this kind of racial insult and attack. This will not happen to Naya. We are here now. She is still alive today and she is going to feel the reality that love actually conquers all. And so we're saying to Naya, We support you, we love you, you're brilliant, you're strong. You are going to be a world changer, you already are. There's a GoFundMe account. The GoFundMe account for the teen targeted in the video, think about this, has raised nearly $100,000. The organizer of the fund says Naya has been in an ongoing battle with racism and mental health for a while now. And that the money will be used to support the teen and her family and start a college fund. Look for great things from young Naya. Caroline, your sentiment. Well, on top of you know her bravery and courageousness and just tenacity in dealing with this, she's also an incredibly smart and perceptive yeah. young woman. I mean, as you are, um, as we saw in that video, she is able to understand that while that video was so loud and angry and and you know went viral for for just it's it's 
as she said, being so disgusting. Naya is able to see and hear that the cheers of support behind her are so much louder than that. And and at that age, for someone to realize that, for someone to realize like, yeah, I've been um, the target of this despicable attack. And yet I'm going to go with the cheers of support. I'm going to put my faith in those people. It just shows a maturity beyond her years. You know, it reminds me just sort of, it reminds me of people like Anne Frank, who, despite like dealing with atrocity, were able to see that people are good at heart. People are um, honorable and mean well, but that doesn't excuse the fact that we, this deserves these young girls deserve to be held accountable. And you you pointed out something also where, you know, I think Sean King also said in the Instagram post, young Karens grow up to be old Karens. Yep. Um, and so while it's incredible that Naya has has realized this truth that support, there is more support than than anger towards her, we also do have to be careful of the fact that we can't let these. We can't let people with these horrible ideologies, and and maybe they're parroting um, things they hear from their parents. But you know, celebrating the wins doesn't mean that we we don't hold people accountable. And that's what you know, justice is really all about. It's celebrating, but it's also accountability. Very well said. And we also have to hold institutions accountable mm-hmm. to respond appropriately when things like this happen to our children in this country. Let me go to this story that actually has a decent ending, but it's a horrible story. It's a bad story. Imagine being locked up for 24 years for a crime you never committed. Well, that's exactly what happened. North Carolina man who was wrongfully imprisoned for 24 years has now received a full pardon. This was because of the governor. Let's put up a picture of Mr. Dante Sharp who was given a pardon of innocence from the North Carolina governor, Roy Cooper, okay? That's him and the fam, right? He's happy. What led to him going to prison? Well, first of all, let me say systemic racism did. (laughs) That's first and foremost, systemic racism is why he had to give the government 24 years of his life, okay? In 1995, Mr. Sharp was given a life sentence at the age of 19 for the first degree murder of 33 year old George Radcliffe, whom he was accused of killing a year earlier during a drug deal. Sharp maintained his innocence throughout and said in 2019 during an interview that his faith and knowledge he was innocent guided his refusal to accept offers of a lighter sentence in exchange for a guilty plea. Okay, how did this happen? Okay, this was because of the testimony of a 15 year old girl who claimed she witnessed the murder, but later admitted that she wasn't even present at the time of the shooting. This was all public knowledge. They knew knew she lied about it, okay? Nothing happened, the wheels of justice did not turn in his favor. The NAACP had long pushed for Mr. Sharp's release over the years and urged Governor Cooper to issue a pardon of innocence. In recent months, racial justice groups have demanded the governor grant Sharp the clemency needed in order to apply for compensation for his wrongful conviction. They held vigils in front of Cooper's state residence in downtown Raleigh for several weeks, okay? This is how 
he was released from prison. Sharp was unsuccessful in his repeated efforts for a new trial until a former state medical examiner testified that the state's theory of the shooting was not medically nor scientifically possible. The judge ordered more evidence to be heard. Sharp was released from prison in August 2019 after the prosecutor said they would not pursue another trial. Mr. Sharp said, and I quote, my freedom is still incomplete. As long as there's still people going to prison wrongfully, if there's still people in prison wrongfully waiting on pardons. Wow, sounds like we got a new champion out here fighting for justice. Unfortunate he had to give 24 years of his personal life to expose this extreme evil and systemic dynamic inside of our criminal justice system. Caroline, what do you see here? Well, one thing I do want to point out is how one of the the biggest injustices that the court system, the criminal justice system uses is how they weaponize time. Mm. They say, you know, we can't do this until this. We can't um, go forward with this trial until this judge is ready or we have this evidence. Meanwhile, someone is languishing in prison for a crime that they didn't commit. And one thing we all know you cannot get back is time. You cannot get those years back that you were um, that people uh, wrongfully accused, waiting on the criminal justice system pr- to proceed, and it's the most heartbreaking. I mean, these stories to me are the most viscerally blood boiling stories because even though, as we mentioned, he is free, the story doesn't end here um, right. because the emotional effects of being back into society after that long will be there forever. The reintegration is is such a difficult path. My heart goes out to him and you know, I, I really think probably the only way that um, that transition will be made easier for him is is to keep on this path of helping others. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I I'm sure that there's no way he can go and and you know just live a normal life. That's not how it works. That's not how. It's one of the biggest things we need to talk about in um, in criminal justice reform is integrating people back into society, especially when they've done nothing wrong. So. I'm, my heart goes out to him, but these stories really just, you know, they're, the good thing is that they're very galvanizing for people, for Americans, just just to know how much needs to change from beginning to end and beyond the end of this. The story is not over. Yeah, and he's not the only one. Obviously, there are others mm-hmm. who the system has forgotten about. They know they're innocent, and there are many more who have pleaded guilty to crimes they never did. That's what they tried to do to him. Plead mm-hmm. guilty would give you a lesser sentence. Well, somebody has taken that deal. A few somebodies, they've taken that deal, right? Uh, reentry is one of the most uh, rewarding things someone can uh, work with. I work with a few reentry organizations myself. And we're talking about men and women who have been incarcerated maybe two to five years, right? And they have extreme difficulty adjusting back to normative living in this societal construct. Imagine if you have been locked up for 24 years, my goodness. Wow, all right, well, we got more, one, go ahead. One thing I also wanted to add was I, I think what was interesting in the article about the 15 year old eyewitness said something along the lines that investigators may have told her, um, may have mixed her up 
which is also something we see a lot in these cases. Police investigators talking to witnesses who, yeah, I'd say at the age of 15 are very susceptible to um, you know, leading questions, rhetorical yep. questions, things like that. And so that just underscores how this was a failure on, on every level. I mean, the fact that this young woman may have been weaponized to you know, open and shut a case that, that was anything but what really happened is, is really, really awful. Very good point. All right, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay. Yep, welcome back. We got a lot of show left, okay? Uh, don't forget, Representative Jamal Bowman joins Jank on the conversation today. That is today, 2 and 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 2.30 p.m. Pacific Time, right before the Young Turks. What are they talking about? They're talking about bipartisan infrastructure vote, okay? That's what the conversation is about. Uh, don't forget, enacting positive change in the world does not happen overnight. It requires all of us working together, striving for a better future. When you become a TYT member, you're an essential part of that change machine. We hold the powerful accountable and we try to help create a better world. We can't do that without you, you are the Young Turks, you, okay? I want you to join tyt.com forward slash change, tyt.com forward slash change. Be part of that change agent, okay? All right, also, if you are a person who can edit short form editorial videos on breaking news, produce, host, if you can do those things, right? We're looking for some good people like yourself, Rebel HQ. With a progressive point of view, obviously, breaking news, content coming through, getting people informed. If you're interested in being part of that, I want you to go to tyt.com forward slash careers, tyt.com forward slash careers. Let me read some of the comments. Um, Chapper Nightshade says, you rock, doc. Well, thank you. Um, man pardoned after 24 years. Mickey see the silver hair dragon. Mr. Sharp's lawsuit had better be record breaking. It doesn't make up for the one third of his life lost, but it would at least give him a start on his new life. Yep, and the pardon was so important. I'm glad you brought that up because he could not legally apply for the compensation without the pardon, okay? Because that's how the statute works in their state. So the pardon was really important and now it's done. Now, now they can start that second phase. All right, uh, Burning the Kiwi Dragon, Bannon is a zit on legs. Sorry, I can't see him as anything else. Damn, a zit on legs. All right, Trudy Lawrence, Jesus take the wheel. Are we in Trumpist twilight today? More of these Trumplicans acting the fool. Just imagine going to court and saying, I might have presidential executive privilege here. Donald Trump gave it to me. Just imagine that. And then imagine saying it in front of a judge that Trump actually appointed. Because that's what's happening, by the way. Okay, um, Bradley Coleman, I see a future Karen getting arrested after that video talking about the teen harassing um, our dear sister Naya. Man pardoned after 24 years, Tim Five says a million dollars a year, every year should be reimbursed for this innocent man. Money won't give back his time. I actually agree with you, let me tell you why I agree it should be so high. I know there's a whole calculation about potential earning and all of that. But let me tell you why it should be about a million bucks a year. 
because you have to create punitive damage here. You have to create a punitive element to punish governments that do this. It should not be damages only. It should also be punitive to send a clear message to other governments. This is what happens when you get it wrong and so aggressively, all right? Um, Dervish says there will never be justice in an injustice system, agreed. All right, uh, Twitch, Jax Drax 100%, they usually learn from their parents, that's right. Um, Avenger Dragon 89, a fake guilty plea will often get you a shorter sentence, sadly. That's right, that's how the system works, right? And it's so crazy. Have you ever been to a court proceeding like one of these? What they will say is, hey, has anybody promised you anything for your guilty plea? And you're supposed to say no, right? It's called legal fiction. Everybody knows it's a lie, but we've accepted it. And then you get penalized for exercising your constitutional right, which is your right to a trial, right? You can get 10 years on a guilty plea, or if you go to trial, if you make the prosecutor take you to trial, then you get 25. Penalized for inserting your constitutional right. Okay, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I wish you Karen would. You wanna call the police on them for having a barbecue on a Sunday? I'm gonna tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. I'll take a video of me calling you a because that's what you are. You're a. How about that, huh? Oh, she's taking a video of me. There's a vlog after being a f. Oh, fine. Yes. Sorry, guys. Yes, hello, it's me. I'm calling you after being a f. I guarantee someone told you before you're a f. Appropriate repercussions. We've caught another Karen in a while who decided, hey, instead of just objecting to the and to the mask policy because she is an anti-mask person, just object to the policy. You know, make your case, write corporate, make a phone call, right? Tell people you are going to complain to corporate. Those were the good old days of Karenicity. Remember when Karens would threaten to email somebody on you, right? What happened to that Karen? What happened to going to the five star review page? Gone. Now, Karens, when the person they are arguing with or just fussing at, when that person is unbothered, just standing there, that's when Karen's going attack. Different world we live in. Caroline, what is up with all of these criminal assaults taking place over a simple mask policy that they may disagree with? I mean, you hit the nail on the head with you know, who would have thought that we would be missing the days where calling the right. manager, we would be desperate for these white women to just, just go on Yelp, call the manager, make a Facebook status. But yeah, I mean, at this point, I, I can't believe anything other than the fact that people are doing this for sport. People are hmm. doing this for entertainment purposes. And it is mind boggling how far People have fallen in terms of kindness and empathy and also just, you know, 
wanting to publicly put your best foot forward. I think that's the part of this. I really just, after all this time, I still can't understand why people seem so insistent, why Karen seems so insistent on representing themselves in the most horrifying, embarrassing ways possible. Um, I cannot believe we are still seeing this type of behavior and, and more emboldened and and more violent. And it just, it's really scary in thinking like, is there a line? Because to me, it doesn't seem like there's a line at which people will stop. You know, as we always talk about on this show, used to it used to be that taking taking a camera, filming something would sort of let people know that, okay, let me take a step back, let me take mm-hmm. a breath. And yep. now it 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 pushes people on, they yeah. see it and they want to just keep going. Um, and it's really sad, but um, yeah, I, I desperately wish, you know, we, we could call the manager more often and not, and not resort to brutality. Well, the line is completely gone. Do you ever mm-hmm. go to comedy clubs? Have you ever been to one? Yes. Okay, me too, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I've actually been offended at some comedy clubs, right? I was like, mm-hmm. ah. I didn't really like that joke, right? So that happens when you go to a comedy club, you gotta sign up for it. Now, anti-comedy Karen is on the loose. Ladies and gentlemen, double dose. You wanna call the police on them for having a barbecue on a Sunday? You're gonna feel great, back off! I'm gonna tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. Okay, wait a minute, I gotta say this. I didn't even think that was possible. Like that's one of those caring moves that I didn't even think existed. Literally, not just heckling from the crowd or boo, going on the stage during a live comedic set. I didn't know that move was available, but damn, Karen just proved it. And her privilege was front and center because not only did she believe she could do that, she was not forced off that stage. I mean, the comedian explained to her why this is funny or why he's the comedian and how this is supposed to work. And 
management had to talk to her. Multiple managers came up on the stage to talk with her. I guarantee you this. If that was a black man getting up on a comedy stage, somebody would have removed him by force, obviously. Okay, the actor and comedian Afian Crockett has his performance interrupted. This was on Saturday night because that Karen said it was offensive. The jokes, the confrontation took place during Crockett's set at the Comedy Zone. This is in Jacksonville, Florida. After what seems to have been jokes about sex, and the woman was heckled, and they shouted Karen as she walked off the stage. Caroline, I got to tell you, I I really did not see this one coming. No, I mean, as you pointed out earlier, it's that's going to a comedy show. Going to a comedy show, you are assuming the risk that you probably likely in most cases will be offended by something. And the good news is you can leave whenever you want. They're not forcing you in there. They are not detaining you in those spaces. But I think this example, as you mentioned, really does get to a troubling you know, dynamic of of privilege on display here. And and I think like as a white woman, I, I feel comfortable saying this, that starting off her starting off by saying, and he, you know, rightfully sort of mocks her for it. She starts off by saying, I am a woman, and you know, he kind of everyone kind of laughs at this. But I do agree, like as Framing it as if you are making a um, a statement about your oppression or something as a woman is so disingenuous. This is not the social justice statement that you think uh, yeah. it's going to be, and rightfully the crowd is 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 not buying it. And to just sort of literally take up space where a black man is doing his job to promote your you know viewpoint on something is so I mean it's so classic Karen it's this is exactly what we're talking about when we say that white women can sort of weaponize this behavior of some sort of um, oppression when in reality as we can all see the optics of this are so bad she's taking up space from someone who is doing his job and again part of that job this is what you sign up for when you go to a comedy club um you are, are always welcome to leave and in fact as as we were sort of chatting about earlier who doesn't have very painful memories at comedy clubs of being you know feeling so awkward depending on who you're with and yep. and those those stories are just as funny as as the other ones, it's not the place to make a, a, a grand statement about your your thoughts and feelings. Yeah, and there are appropriate ways, obviously, to protest. And you know, you mm-hmm. leave the facility, ask for a refund, um, say, hey, you know, that that was really offensive. But just think about this: what does she expect to happen on that stage? Does she expect to take his microphone? I mean, let's say she's successful at getting all the way on the stage. What does she do? Take over the comedy set? Like, what happens at that point? And I don't know if she planned it out or not, but. Damn, she got on that stage and she was allowed to stay on that stage longer than she should have should have been. All right, we got more. It's indisputable stick and stay. Welcome back. All right, let me read some of these amazing comments. Mika C the Silverhead Dragon says, here's a silly thought. Don't like a show, leave. Your point of view shouldn't interfere with the many others there. Me, me, me. Yeah. Uh <laughs> True to Lauren says, she got dragged, keep your hands to yourself, Karen. 
Yeah. I think this is Darch Angel, maybe three. Rule number one, never mess with the person that has the mic. Really great rule, by the way. All right, there's a black mother who goes into a Waffle House and the employees ask for a noose. Here's the video. This took place in Gainesville, Georgia. Um, you heard it right. According to her, the first thing that the waitress said was um, she asked for a noose, and then she goes to the manager. The manager says that uh, he has two nooses in his car. Okay, that was the response. Um, right now, there is a response from the Waffle House. Uh, let me read part of it. It says, and I quote, uh, we have reached out privately to the customer in an effort to gain more information about this incident. The statement reads, we intend to conduct a thorough investigation into all of our allegations, um, after which we will take appropriate disciplinary action. Don't hold your breath. Let me tell you why, a Waffle House has a long history of things like this. I used to say, uh, and I'm embarrassed to say it, but it's true. I used to go to the Waffle House, I used to. I have not gone to a Waffle House in years now. And if you remember, there was a situation that took place in a Waffle House of a young black female who requested um, eating utensils. And the person at the Waffle House said, no, that's going to be 50 cent per utensil. She says, wait a minute, I just purchased food here. Why do I have to pay 50 cent to eat the food? Why do I have to do that? I need my utensils. There was an argument, there was a white male security guard who was an off duty cop. He got into a vicious fight with this young black woman, took off her top. Her entire top was exposed to everybody there. Her family was there and the Waffle House management, corporate, decided to stand against their customer. And with that off duty cop, even his own police department didn't stand with him, but Waffle House did. I said on that day, I would never eat at the Waffle House again and I have not. Caroline, what are your thoughts here? Yeah, just very quickly, it's really interesting how, um, you know, seeing the videos we saw earlier in the show with the Karens absolutely losing their losing their marbles over their situations. And this woman keeps her calm. And as we were saying, she, she decides to get the corporate number, speak to the manager. She's doing everything she possibly can to get more information in a very calm and restrained manner. 
And and I, I think we really need to be specific and note that um, if it were a white woman who had some sort of you know egregious remark made to them, I think it's fair to say based on what we've seen just today that that response mm. would not be as calm and collected. <laughs> and you know, this this woman doesn't have the privilege, doesn't have the luxury of being able to lose her cool despite being um despite being told some incredibly heinous things. So I just think it's really interesting in this show alone the difference yeah. in yep. in what responses are allowed in our society. Very well said. You know, we talk a lot about police reform. Well over 90% of Americans, Democrats and Republicans, independents, those who are apolitical, they believe that police reform is necessary. This is truly a bipartisan issue, right? But you can't get to reform just through statute because judges are the interpreters of statute. Okay, that's how it works in America. Let me bring your attention to a judge who has acquitted a former St. Louis police officer after he clearly assaulted a man at a gas station. Put up a picture of Officer Brandon Neal. Okay, this is the former cop in question. Here's the man he assaulted. His name is Brian Bow. Okay, all right. Brandon Neal, 29, was charged. That means the prosecutor said, you know what? This is not official police conduct. So Brandon Neal, 29, was charged with third degree assault against Brian Boyle. While both were in line at a cash register at the Crown Food Mart gas station on August 8, 2019. The assistant circuit attorney, Jeff Estes, alleged at a bench trial, that means the judge got to oversee this, not a jury. On September 20th, that Neil was not acting in capacity, in his capacity as a police officer when he struck Mr. Boyle had no legal authority to arrest Mr. Boyle and was, and I quote, this is what the prosecutor said, straight up lying to get himself off, okay? Neil left the St. Louis Police Department in fall 2019 after the charge was filed. That means his own police department did not stand with him. Here's a screenshot, let's show a screenshot of the fight, okay? Him attacking a citizen in line, but there's a judge this went to trial, the defense, they request a trial by judge, not a trial by jury, because they already knew what was up with this judge. Judge Jason Sennheiser's ruling said prosecutors failed to prove that Neil lacked the authority to make an arrest while off duty. And the officer used an appropriate amount of force in arresting Mr. Boyle. Neil testified that the that the uh, that he perceived Boyle's actions as words uh, and words as threats, including Boyle taking off his sunglasses and brushing past Neil while picking up a drink, a drink he purchased from the counter. Two cashiers at the gas station and Boyle testified for the prosecution and identified Neil as the investigator or instigator of the fight. If you uh, do a background of this case, everyone clearly said the cop was at fault. The cop instigated the whole thing. The cop was the aggressor and the cop was the criminal. Witnesses, the victim and the prosecutor and the surveillance video all pointed to one person being a criminal that day, okay? But the judge, the judge decided to let him go. 
okay? Now, we did a little background here. Neil, the cop, was also subject of another internal affairs investigation following an alleged assault in May of 2019. I mean, damn, he was busy in 2019 at Wheelhouse, a bar in downtown St. Louis. And that incident, Mr. Matt Lamar, 27 years of age, and his girlfriend, Abby Bush, 25, of the Bush beer family, said Neil shoved Lamar, spilled his beer, and then tackled them both. Neil has not been charged in that incident either. Yeah, Caroline, thoughts? Well, this is just you know another yet another case of a police officer doing the exact opposite of what their job is, which, in my opinion, they best serve as peacekeepers. He's clearly instigating these different events, and as you say, um, you know, we talk about police reform um, and criminal justice reform, and judicial reform is just as important as that because. Individual actors like this cop can keep doing these things over and over and over again. And if a judge is just going to let them go based on all the evidence to the contrary, yep. you know, our police reform doesn't even matter. Doesn't matter. Damn the statute if you have a judge unwilling to interpret it properly. Okay, let me take you to an update on the Kyle Rittenhouse case. We've been following this case and following this judge who has been extremely biased in favor of Kyle Rittenhouse. There's another biased move by this judge. The prosecution and defense argued over evidence in the trial, okay? And this evidence was about the ability to zoom into a photograph, right? That's common, zoom in, zoom out. You get a clear picture, zoom in, zoom out. The judge was like, mm, I'm kind of leaning on not allowing it, what? Not allowing a zoom in to a picture, the hell are you talking about judge? And then the judge went on this rant to explain why he doesn't think a zoom in option should be allowable to clearly show what Rittenhouse did in this case. Here it is. When I get messages from some of my friends, my few remaining friends, I have, they come as texts and then they start belittling me or whatever. So I make a, I don't know how to save text messages. So then I, I do a screenshot of it and I email it to myself to save it. But I found to my distress, some of them are pretty long and they show up in my email like this, like a little ribbon down the center of the page. Some of them are even smaller than this. Well, then I go to open them up. And it's just a blur. You were talking the other day, one of you two, about it's just like a cell phone where you can expand a picture and make it bigger. Well, it's not making it any bigger. It's making it bigger, but it's nothing but a blur. That was my concern that I wanted to ask Mr. Armstrong about, and I guess I should have, uh, for him to explain it better for me as to how that can be reliable. Because it isn't reliable for me in getting my message. See, if I was an attorney in that courtroom, I would have to just say, Judge Schroeder, what in the fresh hell are you talking about? 
Okay, so this guy has admitted his friends belittle him and then he saves their messages and he sends them via email. He does not know how to save messages even though messages are automatically saved in every single cell phone that's made in this country. They're automatically, you just judge, literally you don't have to do anything. Okay, they are there already. Um, another update, the judge, this same guy has decided to dismiss the misdemeanor weapons charge against Kyle Rittenhouse. This is called a pre-deliberation motion. He has dismissed what clearly everyone actually agreed was against the law. I had a conservative debating me on a few days ago who said yes, that was illegal. The person who gave Kyle Rittenhouse the gun illegally has been charged with two felonies. But now the judge has dismissed the possession of the weapons charge has dismissed it, all right? That was punishable by up to nine months in prison and $10,000 in a fine. But it goes to the defense's argument that he was in lawful possession of the firearm. You see how that works? Caroline, thoughts here. Yeah, well, as we've seen throughout this case, um, in, in this specific moment, the language of the judge, the language he is using yeah. reveals that he has no idea what he is doing in terms of technology. He's totally ill-equipped to be making remarks about tech by his own by his own logic and his own admissions. And yep. this precedent is not only dangerous, it's also it also just makes no sense. Isn't the point of a trial? to garner all the relevant information you can. Isn't that literally what you are trying to do in these cases? And yep. by this logic, you know, microscopes aren't reliable because <laughs> they look at things from an um from from very close up. So I would like someone to ask him that question of just like, aren't we trying to figure out what happens? Shouldn't yeah. we want to receive all the information in, in any way possible? Um it's he's he's kind of embarrassing himself at this point, and he has multiple days in a row now. Yeah, very well said. Always a pleasure, Caroline, having you on the program. Tell people how they can connect with you and follow your great work. Yeah, absolutely, it's great to be here. Um, you can follow me on all platforms. I'm at Caro Johnson 917. Um, and yeah, come apply to work at Rebel HQ with me. You can find that information on the TYT website. Um, thanks so much, Dr. Ritchie. Always a pleasure, thank you.